Welcome to Health and Sisterhood Podcast, where we explore the mystery and wisdom of sister-to-sister relations and how through them we can build healthy relations and deepen relations with ourselves and others. We invite you to tune in and dive in with us through your own lens. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Held in Sisterhood Podcast. We are here, Anna and Marlena talking today we are back in cycle two where we are unraveling the depths of sisterhood particularly in one-to-one sisterhoods and and before we even get started uh, a disclaimer that's not a disclaimer as you're joining us I invite you I welcome you to join us on this inquiry that is based on where we are here today And by being here, you are saying yes to here, but you are not saying yes to all of the messages that we share. So just acknowledging that whatever we share here, filter through your own experiences, where you are, attune and listen in with your whole body and notice what does and doesn't resonate. All is welcome. You are welcome. And let's begin. Today, we want to speak to when and maybe even how we call a sister a sister. And while we so beautifully, once again, prepared for this episode, (laughs) uh, the intention is for us to initially start by understanding what is it that we mean by the embrace of a sister-to-sister relationship and the sacredness. And we use this word sacredness in our own term, in our own definition. You may use different words, different vocabulary to describe this. To us, it means a profound and important, a honored relationship. And when we speak to the sacredness of sisterhood, we look at it, it through a lens of power that it holds and it unfolds in our lives and in our relationships when we're looking through that lens. And in this episode specifically, um, we want to unlock, explore and, and dive kind of with you into what our best ability and experiences are And prompt us with the question, what is at the foundation of my relationship with a sister? What is at the foundation of sisterhood? Anything you'd add, (laughs) Marlena? (laughs) I'm always so in awe. Like, these introductions there, for me, like, the intros are always the most challenging part, and so I'm so grateful that you do it. I do not have anything to add there, no. I think it was a beautiful introduction for everybody. Mm. (laughs) I'm really glad, because you've got the mindset work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what the invitation and is wherever you are tuning into this for us, also for ourselves, we're like kind of coming back to the questions we prompted in the last episode. So if you had listened to episode one of the series, 
we talked about beliefs around sisterhood and and we left you with and ourselves <laughs> asking what are our what are the beliefs that that we've grown up with that have defined sisterhood for us um and and really we you know we're talking to like the the not ultimate definition that applies to um to all of us knowing that for example i don't have a biological sister so how do i define a sister that i've come come to know that relationship in the context mm-hmm. of non-biological um, connections versus how has, for example, Marlena defined sisterhood with having a biological sister and has that had, you know, an, an implication and, and what beliefs, and I think this goes through to any beliefs that we currently hold and throughout our lives, review hey does the belief does that belief still serve me mm-hmm. are there any blocks actually that are within that belief that are not in that are not allowing me to experience the depth and the possibility and the wholeness of myself of a relationship of life itself maybe even right mm. So I'm just going to take a pause there and maybe actually allow a couple of breaths to know what's coming up for you as we question what are the beliefs around sisterhood that you've grown up with. Mm-hmm. To add to that before we take this break, um, this podcast is about harnessing the power of the women-to-women relationship. And so when we speak about sisterhood, the first thing that we are seeing is the woman-to-woman relationship. And we are moving away there from the biological woman. It's more about the energetical woman, the the feminine-feminine relationship. And so as you consider what your beliefs are with that, or as you might have already considered that, it's more about what are your beliefs about this relationship? about your relationship to women what are your beliefs regarding dynamics between women maybe at work at home all of that that was the inquiry right i just wanted to add that because we very naturally speak about sisterhood as a very specific form of that woman to woman relationship but in order to get to an un- to this sacred understanding that we have we need to kind of like have a look at our beliefs around these types of relationships in general that we have with women. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe you have answered that question for yourself already and you have written it down, you have written your beliefs. We want to invite you on a bit of a journey today. Um, how you can support yourself in opening up your perspective and seeing what else could be possible besides the limiting belief that you might hold. Um, And I think in order to make that a bit more tangible, we go with an example, right? Yeah. 
I, I, I remember when Anna and I, we spoke about this podcast episode. Um, I came to the understanding that I have a limiting belief that one is always the one that loves the other more. That was my limiting belief. In a dynamic between woman to woman, one woman loves the other woman more. And it's interesting because for me that is still playing out today. I still have several relationships where this belief is playing out. And I can clearly see it in the woman-to-woman relationships. It's fascinating for me to see. So that's just one example. Another example could be... Um, mm-hmm. what could, do you have another example? One that I um, very much relate to is that there needs to be a sacrifice. And and that sacrifice, sacrificing of even of self... Right, as in, I need to mend, change myself for you to like me. To be in this relationship, right. something needs to change about me because not all of me is accepted. Um, mm, wow. And this one very much links to, although it could be a completely different belief, is that that it's black or white. Right, that I could even also be as in, like, it's either all of it or none of it. Either we're besties and we're doing the whole thing together of backpacking through Europe, starting up a business, living together. (laughs) I mean, these are experiences. Mm. Or that, you know, it doesn't, or this relationship doesn't exist to me. Yeah. Yeah. Another very beautiful example, I feel, when we talk about the woman-to-women connection and the beliefs that we have, there is this elbow on and comparative mentality uh, at work with how we look with guys you know there is a lot of uh, or it's not necessarily with guys but with the the aim of attraction let's put it like that um, there, there can be a lot of comparing myself to the other woman um, or fighting or bitching against one another. So that's what we mean when we speak about beliefs. And I think it would be cool to take one of... Anna, if you want to be the our showcase, do you want to... <laughs> do you want to pick, like, the... In a very simple way, do you want to pick, mm-hmm. like, one belief? And I'm going to go with the, like, it has to be a super relationship or not at all. Yeah, black and white. Okay. Okay. So it has to be a super relationship or not at all. Mm-hmm. All right. So I invite everybody who's listening right now, pick one of the beliefs that you have, and we're going to go through a speed mindset work tool that we, by the way, also are going to um, add in some way, I don't know how yet, in form of links, I feel, to this podcast. So you will find the tool that has been designed by Byron Katie. She's epic. I love her work seriously read read what she does she's great okay so pick your belief we have it either is it we either have a super relationship or nothing at all mm-hmm. that was it right is that how you hear it, that how you hear it, how it too, too. Mm-hmm. 
in your okay great all right so i invite you to connect to this thought and to this belief and this is a bit of a meditative process right so the main the key ingredient for this is to slow it down so when you tune into that belief i want to ask the part who believes that thought a question is that okay yeah can you know that this is true that this statement is accurate yes Mm-hmm. And can you absolutely know, without the shadow of a doubt, you'd put your hand into fire that this belief is true? I mean, I have some examples of past experiences. Good. I'm not sure if I want to put my hand in the fire. So, <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> um, can you absolutely know? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. So, I invite you to connect to this thought. When you believe the thought, how do you react? What happens? Mm-hmm. In my body, I feel a tightness in my throat and just overall my chest kind of closing in and my mind running, mm. looking for, like, verifications. Like, like yeah. oh, yeah, that happened. And that and that and that and that. And, like, yeah. I want to, like, prove it right. Right. So it's going back to past yes. memories. Yeah. Are there specific visuals that you're seeing with that? Yes. Okay, great. Do you want to share maybe one of them, the most present one? Um, most present one is is writing or sharing multiple like messages with a sister and over weeks not receiving a response and feeling that that closure in my heart coming over and being like, okay, well, this... There is nothing here. This is a nothing. Beautiful awareness, yeah. So when you believe the thought, it's either a super relationship or nothing at all. What emotions are present? <laughs> my five rhythms, mine comes on. I'm like, staccato. It's like... With my hands, like, very, like, black and, like, I keep saying black and white, but, like, these framings, right? Like, I'm doing these kind of movements with my hands of, here's the limit. I'm creating a boundary. Don't cross this. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Very protective in a way. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, tune in again, and you you might want to close your eyes for that. And get into that thought and into that scenario. See if underneath the staccato, what is there another emotion as well? Just out of curiosity. And there's a flow where it's just like a real easeful movement. Mm-hmm. 
when you believe the thought. When I believe the thought that it's a super, it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Does believing that thought bring you stress or peace? Mm. Yeah, tension. Tension. It feels like I have to figure something out. Right. Yeah. And when you believe that thought, how do you behave? Who are you towards other people? I'm a machine. (laughs) Uh, What's happening now? What do you notice? I want to revert this. (laughs) (laughs) I can notice there's a bit of discomfort. Oh, yeah. what is that? Yeah? Yeah, that's okay. Let's just take a deep breath in. It's okay. Yeah. How would you describe that discomfort? Was that like defense or... It was like a, a self-judgment. It was, I don't want to be that person. And when I, and when I right. say I don't want to be that person, I'd like, I don't want to be the person that's like cuts out people so mm-hmm. drastically and dramatically. So this is beautiful awareness. Do you see? Like on one hand, you're realizing you have the awareness, okay, towards others, you're cutting others out. And towards yourself, you're becoming self-judgmental because you don't want to be that person. Mm -hmm. That's all what happens when you believe that thought. Mm -hmm. It's quite crazy, right? Yeah. So let's take a deep breath, very cleansing breath. If you want to move, move. Yeah. Go ahead. And really visualize. I love, in that break, I love visualizing some light or fresh, something fresh coming from above and just cleansing the body for a moment. Whether that is light, whether that is water, Maybe some water drops. Go ahead. And let's take that scenario, maybe that you had even with your with that sister, with the messages. If you didn't have the thought, who would you be? If you didn't think it's all or nothing, who would you be? I'd be more, I'd be more like water. I would flow. That's what was right. Beautiful. Yeah. I have this image a lot lately. It's it's a river with riverbanks, right? There are limits, uh, but I keep flowing. Yeah. Right, and you wouldn't be in the staccato so much. You would be more in the fluidity. 
And correct me if I'm wrong, but what I was, what I see in this flow, there is that it it has a a level of acceptance, of compassion, of openness. There is not so much the rigidity and the protection mm -hmm. there. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah? Okay. So that's beautiful awareness, just to see what power our thoughts have, right? So in the next step, let's see what is the opposite for you. Let's turn it around. What's the opposite for you It's all from, of it's all or nothing? It's interesting because I... Either we have mm -hmm. a... It's just I don't have like the exact words to that opposite. I just... You know, I have this feeling, I, ha I have the experience in front of myself again at looking, you know, at my phone and seeing all the messages I've sent and no response. Mm -hmm. And the words that like repeat in my head is like, all is as it's meant to be. And like, there's this like, <sighs> like release, right? Yeah. Um, right. So I love that. All is as it's meant to be. I think that's a beautiful turnaround. Mm -hmm. And I'll explain a little bit more about the turnarounds in a second. But let's take this one for now. And I could already see you already brought in an example how that is true. You know, very specifically, you understood when you actually brought that belief into it, you softened. Mm -hmm. And you had that sense of, oh, it could you could release. So that's a beautiful example. Do you have another example how that is true? That all is as it's meant to be? Yeah. And maybe specifically in relationships. It might be interesting to do that as an example. And maybe specifically in for relationships, so that you look for an example in relationships, because I know that you are very, you, you know that that is true already, but there is a part that still doesn't believe that in the relationship dynamics. So look if you can find examples how this is true in your relationships now. What's present with that? Like, you know, there's a lot going on in my relationships right now. And, I know. And, um, and the example is, is so very here. And I can't describe it more than just like a feeling and like in the body where even making a decision to not be in relationship and, and the beliefs like jumping up and down like Mario in a video game. Um, 
going from like this is the wrong decision the right decision you need to do this you need to do that that's attaching to different expectations and limits the way that I feel that statement of all is as it's meant to be is like a real it's a really like relaxing relaxation in my tummy like I can feel how my like my whole like just intestines are just like they're just like oh you know yeah yeah so when we work with beliefs specifically I feel that it sometimes is also good to give very simple like our mind is very easy right it's like it it functions very easily it just needs evidence like similar to what you said at the beginning when you created awareness for the thought who you are when you have the thought is you're looking for evidence and proof that it's true so now it's more about looking for evidence and truth that the opposite is true that's how simple our mind works and it will start believing it so now you have this awareness or the example that you said it just feels in your body it really just truly feels like this right when you when you when you hear the opposite it's all exactly as it meant as it's meant to be there's a sense of release i also know just to go with the example route to have some more ideas of how examples can look like i know that you have many beautiful relationships to females that can give you and that can give you evidence for exactly that that it's always how it's meant to be and they're always such a reminder and that doesn't mean that it can't be hard or that it won't be painful but they do show you they do give you this memory of this remembrance of right it's always how it's meant to be everything and just notice what happens in your body when you seek for these evidences and find the proof for that it's like your body starts breathing mm-hmm. again yeah i feel that we can go deeper and deeper into this and we definitely can but i also know that we have loads to speak about still how do you feel for now just with this shortened um demonstration does that feel all right for you or you know i i feel really where are you with that i feel really good i feel i feel my i feel my mind wanting to like find those just exactly said those alternatives so um i think it's a beautiful exercise or like a practice or maybe just a form of journaling for later today for me is to let that flow and have let those examples come through onto onto paper yeah and i'm super sure that many of the listeners feel the same way and that's exactly why we have we share the tool with you guys and i invite you to like take that tool and write through it because on the tool it's also a bit better um explained how to look for the opposites and the examples for the opposite right because ideally you don't only have one opposite but you actually look for three mm-hmm. opposites 
Um, so not just it's all as it's meant to be, but another uh, opposite could be, what could be another, either we have a, re a super relationship or nothing at all. Maybe it could just be something, because this is a bit more of a trickier thought. It could be something along the line. We just have a relationship. Mm. Or something like, we cannot not have a relationship. Like some things that would actually open up a perspective that is not the one of black mm -hmm. or white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also what comes to me, which is very much around the topic we speak to in this season, is, is around seasons. Relationships are seasonal. Exactly. They, they go through seasons. Yeah. That's a beautiful opposite. Relationships go through seasons. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying they're set in stone, mm -hmm. black or white, and they will always be like this or they'll always be like that, They go through seasons, and you already like. I can see that you already have all the ex have a couple mm -hmm. of examples how that's true. Yeah. So why do we do this? Is because it's super important to create awareness and to create compassionate understanding for our limiting beliefs. That was kind of like part one to understand who are we when we believe that thought, right? We got to compassionately understand that because it's intense and we got to feel like what happens in the body there and what happens in the mind, you know, the judgment that you had and that you so vulnerably shared and the discomfort there. That's exactly it. That's how we create that compassionate understanding to then the next step, understanding or realizing who am I without it, without the thought, without thinking this, what is actually possible and then towards turning it around And this process, I found it so powerful in reframing beliefs. It's, yeah. So, yeah, anybody who wants to dive deeper, I can only highly recommend Byron Katie's website, the work, and all of her tools. It's really epic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now that we've opened, I don't know where you are, and I feel a little bit like, I noticed the time pressure and I'm like, oh, I don't want to like jump ahead if it doesn't feel complete. So does it feel complete to move into the next step for you? Okay. Um, so once we've opened up these beliefs, these limiting beliefs around relationships, we can, women to women relationship or any relationship really, we can then see, okay, what actually do we want to be true? Mm -hmm. What is the definition that we want to work with? And I think that's what Anna and I want to discuss now a little bit more, like what are the foundations of a sacred sister-to-sister -sister relationship? What is it that we're inviting in now that we've cleaned out our closet a bit? What is it that we actually want to put back in there? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I don't know if you just wanna go ahead and start we have four pillars and i'm very excited about those pillars hold on we said they're not pillars that they're a foundation because pillars are like this oh, <laughs> they're foundation they're foundation um, i'm wondering what i meant by the bouquet but um 
Yeah. Maybe it's a bouquet and mm. not a foundation. Maybe. <laughs> I don't Maybe. know. Mm. Yeah. We didn't mention this at the beginning, so I'm just feeling called to say this here and now, is that mm. also what we are speaking to are, are the dynamics of one-to-one and an important element of the broader context of sisterhood, the broader context of circles and, and holding spaces for, for women. But first and foremost, the foundation of one-to-one. And the number, the, in non-particular order, one of the elements that Marlene and I had discussed being important is commitment. Mm. and the way that we've generally come to understand commitment for us our definition or our way of understanding is that through commitment we create a sense of safety reliability being okay with the discomfort that arises in the relationship Mm. in the space of the relationship as well as the the commitment to the awareness of projections or even these limiting beliefs creeping back in. Because let's just say, you know, we probably have had this experience where we've cleaned out the closet and then find it next season, we've got to clean it out again. Um, (laughs) um, So that, that commitment that takes place in the sister to sister relationship, to to seeing also that I am here no matter what in this relationship. No matter how you show up. And I also honor the changes and shifts that take place in you. Yeah. What comes up for me with that were the commitment is there are like two things that come up for me one is it's not just the commitment towards the other person it is also the commitment towards myself and towards the relationship as a new being as an own entity in a way so that is, that is for me commitment. Because then if I'm committed to myself, I will be honest with myself and I will be able to have this kind of awareness of any projections. I have nice background noises in, <laughs> in my back. Okay, that was just distracting for me. So I can have the awareness of projections within me And then the commitment towards the other, it's kind of this, I know that that person is a friend and not an enemy, and so I will show up for that person. And then the third layer is this, like the commitment towards the relationship, I feel, um, to this own being, because that is what's going to 
make me show up again and again and again, even if there are triggers. And that was kind of like the second point. That's what you were speaking about, the discomfort, right? Even if it gets messy in, in the way we feel and the way we communicate, we still hold this space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, you know, our relationships uh, do create a, like a subliminal space that is available only to that. So to those two individuals who are in that, in that relation that also allows for transformation or any type of growth or expansion or even looking at those, yeah. that self-awareness, all of our own individual decision to go into that or not. But it is a space that we are not, that is not available to us if we are not in relation. And yeah. so that, yeah, just that commitment of that relational space in itself being safe to try, safe to fail, safe to be myself is yeah. so, like, it's so crucial, right? Because it could be that the other person, the other sister may be mirroring something to me and showing me where I can grow. And at the same time, not giving me the space to practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to fail and to... Mm -hmm. To, to get messy. messy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I, I love how you just broke that down for us, Marlon, that it's the commitment to myself and that's like the number one, right? Because that, that's what I hold true. And mm. then the commitment to you as you being a whole full human being and in all all of its shades and shapes, etc. for mm. as long as you're not literally physically, you know, hurting me. <laughs> and that's the right. commitment to the subliminal space that we create as, a, as two beings together yeah <sighs> yeah the second foundation um, is intentionality for us and what that means is that we it's a conscious choice that we said the sacredhood the sacredness of sisterhood to use that word sacred and intentionality for me is this and for us like we spoke about it at is this conscious decision to use the space between you and me as sisters for for a certain intention, for a specific intention, right? And that can be, um, sometimes we call it healing, that can be the higher good, that can be to grow, whatever it is, but this is kind of like the intentionality between, in a sisterhood, is always supporting us to get closer to who we are, right? And so there is a, There's just a healing power in the relationship between two sisters. It can be used to look at past wounds 
and to actually without saying like because I think it's important to say whenever we use the word wound it's not to say that we are broken or so but it is to acknowledge that we've all made experiences in the past that were hurtful and that when we speak about projections we project these hurtful experiences onto our current experience or onto the future and that's why we have the feeling that we need to protect ourselves even though that actually isn't needed and so in the sisterhood relationship that is the realization that can happen I do not need to hold on any longer to that pain to that wound that I experienced in the past and that that intentionality is so present in all parts of of our lives right there's um, mm. there's been, been this incredible work um, done called the intention experiment. You can also find the link in the episode description where it's research has shown that our thoughts affect and create our reality quite literally. And mm. that we are in constant communication with the the world around us and this experiment particularly what fascinated me was with plants when people would think of a plant like killing a plant or potentially like setting it on fire literally the like what would happen to the chemical compounds of the plant and how it would react right so and those are just thoughts, right? We're not saying even doing the thing, although doing the thing literally, you know, had its greater implications, but having the thoughts of it and that sense and emotions, all of the things that move through us having an effect. And so if we believe that, and I, that's definitely a core belief of mine in in life and so therefore in relationships, if my intention is pure, loving, compassionate, then I am, that is what literally I am reflecting wow. and bringing into the relation of the other. Yeah, and I think I just, I'm so excited for this right now. I can feel the energy in my body because it's like I choose not to live or not to engage in, I choose to live my relationships that mm -hmm. way. Now, what, what is the sense behind like why having non-intentional relationships then like it doesn't make sense if your thoughts are so powerful I mean you better <laughs> you better make things intentional <laughs> mm -hmm. right so yeah and I yeah yeah I think that's a beautiful example and I think like in the what it means in the practicality of things is that when we show up in a relationship with a sister is we show up with intention with the I mean one of the examples how Anna and I are doing that at the beginning of each call we recently started doing that we ask ourselves okay so how can we make this a magical and spiritual experience for us that is one way how we do that but there are also other ways you know and we also have many other ways but it's mainly just 
be there, be present there and hold the space so that you have the awareness of your thoughts and that you intentionally feed that relationships with thoughts that up-level both of you. Mm -hmm. And that beautifully takes us into a third element that we have identified as the foundation, which is, which is our inner truth. Right, So when, as we just said, we show up as fully ourselves, or we show up, we show up, it includes and primarily stems, you know, I, I kind of really see it as like the stem, which is the truth that is within me, right? Mm. And, yeah. and that understanding that Every one of us has our own truth because the truth comes from our own lived experiences, our own interpretations of those experiences, and and all of which also includes those limiting beliefs and those projections, etc. We are creating that truth that is present in this point in time, and that truth can also shift. And so while I say I am showing up in my full inner truth and I kind of move everything through that filter, I also am open for that truth to be expanded, shifted because of the relationship that I step into. And because the experience may actually, you know, show me differently. So as we had this experience earlier with Marlene, you know, my inner truth or a part of my inner truth may be a relationship can only be all or nothing. And by coming into a relationship with Marlena, she could, she's showing me that that's not the case. <laughs> and my truth is also, it's also shifting. So yeah. that, that trust in the inner knowing of myself yeah. and that it that it's it's an I, I said filter but we also have like that it's a that it's an organism that forms in us like it has its own breathing entity and shaping forms and modifying as needed based on what we are experiencing so yeah Yeah, I think I love that because I really think that this foundation, inner truth and inner trust, I feel that they, they, they are really holding hand in hand together. And I love that you uh, just spoke it freely that way. Um, it is this knowing that we all have our truth within us and that our body, our mind, our heart, is con they're constantly communicating that truth to us in various ways and shapes and forms, right? And so honoring that truth moment to moment and seeing and not, I actually said honoring, but not just my truth, but also honoring the other person's truth, but then also trusting in the... in the, the bigger truth of it all, you know, because yes, sometimes the truth can be, I'm triggered right now, I have a limitation, 
that is kind of like the current experience, but knowing that there is so much more space around that. And also knowing, you know, I think with this part, with this truth and trust, there's a lot of expansion in that foundation. Mm. Meaning that there is a belief in potentiality in there. Or there is a belief, I trust you, you're guiding the way towards your freedom, towards your highest potential, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So just having that inner connection with oneself and doing the inner work to being connected with the own truth as a bridge towards creating whatever we want to create. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was clear. I felt in my head that was a bit unclear. But I'm just going to leave it as is. Yeah, just, I, I, I hear, I think I, I added to that um, rumble because there's the, the, the inner trust and the inner truth, right? And as you said it, that inner truth, and, and I said it, and that inner trust actually comes back for me as in the inner trust comes because of inner truth and inner trust yeah. is in the trust of that I know as much as I need to know right now that I trust that this relationship in itself knows more than I know <laughs> Right. Of what it needs yeah. and how it needs to expand. And it, there's a lot of this letting go of control. And you said this beautifully, Marlena, about this, that I also trust your truth, right? And so that trusting of your own truth is I'm not trying to control you. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I am, I'm not trying to sell you also this relationship. Yeah. I think it's so nice how that bridges to the first part where you uncovered that it's all how it's meant to be. Because, like, for me, when I... That foundation piece is I have the trust that whatever is showing itself in the moment, in myself, in you, and in between us, that is exactly what needs to be here. That is exactly what what we both need, what the us needs in order to come a step closer, not a step closer, to be more, free, to be free, to be expansive, to be ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's that trust that whatever happens in the moment, that is what needs to be here. And so I have trust in myself I trust in my self-awareness. I trust in what's present here. Meaning, like what you did before in that example, I think it's beautiful, sharing the self-judgment and the discomfort that came with that, that was what was true for you in that moment. And you trusted it, you shared it, and that gave, that was the portal for it to shift. If you wouldn't have shared it, if you wouldn't have accepted your truth in that moment if you wouldn't have trusted that that was exactly what needed to be here that shift wouldn't have mm -hmm. happened and so the inner trust in me the inner trust in you and the inner trust in what is here now in between us 
is powerful, is magical, whatever mm -hmm. it is. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all. It's whole, right? It's also whole. It's already whole. Yeah. We're not missing anything. We like it. No. Yeah. There's so many elements of yeah. that, which you know, kind of brings us to our final foundational element. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a big one. I think it's a big one because we we actually arrived at it fine like as a last point mm. yeah and it's compassion i also attune compassion as a kind of the final the final rhythm you know in the movement of five rhythms and compassion mm -hmm. comes through stillness it comes when i'm able to absorb and move and flow through everything and shed and come back out and the whole wave right remember five rhythms is a wave so the wave has come in it has turned and it's coming back out into land and i i mentioned this to marlena that for me it's compassion at this point in time and it's greater greater there it goes my mind comparing to love <laughs> mm -hmm. compassion is compassion is the light that i shed shed share project out from my heart from my whole being in relation to everything that's outside of me in in no expectation in no in no relation to what is coming back it just mm -hmm. is And it also is always there. Sometimes it's more confident <laughs> than than other times, but it always is. And it for me, compassion is also in the interconnectedness of me as a human being to all of life. Hmm. Yeah. For me, compassion is probably the one not the one but oh, maybe it's just how it is in my head right now kind of like a magic weapon because when I seek to aim for compassion when that is my intention when my intentionality is to be compassionate, to bring up compassion, then I can, things can shift. Let's put it in an example. Let's just take literal two people fighting with each other and one says, no, but you said that, and, da -da -da -da, and the other one says, no, 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 but it's that, and, da -da -da -da, and you did that. And So you have this classical, you did that, you did that, you did that. When these people bring into their conversation compassion, It's not about what the other did, but it's about what am I feeling right now? How can I compassionately understand and accept what's going on within me right now? And move the blame, the shaming, whatever away. And come to sharing the rawness and the vulnerability that is underneath. And coming to this conclusion, oh my God, we're all incredible human beings right we all grew up same same but different we all have experienced joys and pains and 
griefs and adventures and whatever is there we all have our laughter we all have our cries and so when we can access that it's so much more easy to come to an understanding of the other that is oh my god this is another it sounds it sounds very strange but this is just like when we're fighting when when there's a trigger oh man that person as I do, has experienced, or as I have, has experienced hurtful moments out of which they're acting right now. And I, if I aim to compassionately understand that instead of fighting that, for me, that is such a, that's a, the key ingredient towards loving yourself, to bring compassionate understanding towards yourself, but it definitely is the key ingredient in building relationships that are sacred that are more than you ever believed would be possible and for me that is why I say it's such a magic maybe not weapon it's a magic tool or a magic wand I think we had that one already but yeah mm -hmm. it's moving away from this is good or bad towards embracing the wholeness of each individual and of the dynamic of the relationship it's whole exactly as it is even if the mind and the ego believes it's broken and it's unrepairable or so mm. the final words I want to say that come up to that Marlon, is compassion lives in the present moment it's in the here and now yeah it doesn't Yeah. doesn't attach to the past it doesn't project to the future it it is and that compassion is so important also in the in and towards ourselves yeah because in those scenarios of when we are fighting with another physical human being we are also fighting with ourselves so it it may also be actually a need for first and foremost compassion for ourselves always yeah totally so i so agree and now just to kind of like sum it up for for the episode of today we, this is how we understand this is why we say the sacredness of sisterhood sisterhood is sacred because there is so much wisdom so much safety and so much growth that can unfold if you see if you seek to establish relationships in this way and the invitation right is to inquire you know how do those four mm. foundational elements sit with you yeah you know are they Are they or others important for you in your sister-to-sister -sister relations? Mm. And maybe doing just a reflection. You know, how are they or not showing up in my relations, sister-to-sister? -sister? Mm. Mm. We'll be providing the, the links to everything that Marlene and I have mentioned below. And invite you to our next conversation in cycle two that will be 
a continuum of how do we build with principles also these relations and how do we move through different phases of relations mm -hmm. which beautifully ties to this mindset <laughs> work we just did um, okay maybe just as an um, an invitation as well to share mm -hmm. with us any elements that you feel you resonated with or any animal elements that you noticed oh I am actually seeing this as part of sisterhood as well we love it when you write to us like literally <laughs> yeah and yeah. <laughs> and we share literally each and every <laughs> message gets shared between the two of us we're like <laughs> so, so much love and joy from that thank you And it wouldn't be us if we didn't bring us back into the body mm. and to what's happening and present in the here and now. Shall I, Marlena? Mm. So whatever, wherever you are, either pause here and come back to this part of the episode or move along with us. Um, it is an invitation to be still and to be in a position where you can take the next few minutes to just be. I invite you to either lay down in horizontal position or to sit right where, where you are and let the spine become a little bit more erect and Make any adjustments to your position so that you feel comfortable. And we'll move through a waterfall of sensations and tracking our sensations. Starting from the top of our, our head. And you may find your eyelids naturally closing. If they haven't done so yet, I invite them to lightly close and just provide space where your attention is at your breath and at your body. And we'll move through this waterfall of sensations, allowing things to simply come to our attention, to our awareness. Sensations of our body, maybe a twitch, an itch, a pain, a crack sometimes, a change of temperature. And any time that you notice a sensation, I invite you to out loud or in your head simply say yes. Yes to noticing it. Yes to giving it permission to exist. Yes to welcoming it here and now. And so let's move through the top of our head onto the face. Noticing any sensations in the eyes. Nose. mouth, 
like water flowing down through your neck, any sensations there. And moving through the front of your body, your chest area, along with shoulders. Down your arms, your wrists, the fingertips of your right hand, of your left hand. Notice if any sensations come up and simply give them permission to be. Moving through the front, down our chest, to our tummy, our belly button area. The front of our legs. our knees, our feet, ankles, toes, and the right foot, and the left. And remembering we're just noticing, inviting, and welcoming these sensations. Now the same, starting from the back of our head, moving through the back of our body and the back of our neck, our shoulder blades, our spine, the curve of our lower back, Our tailbone, buttocks, down the back of our legs, the back of our knees, and our feet back on the ground. And I invite you to take a deep breath in and as a waterfall of permission, of welcomeness to the body, letting it flow through you. And just notice any other sensations that might come up as you embrace the wholeness of your body. And once you feel complete, I invite you to bring a little movement to your body. And stay in this position for as long as you feel necessary, as you feel called to. 
tracking our sensations is a beautiful tool to make us aware of the multi multi-brains, multi-knowledges that are available throughout the whole body. And by simply making them feel welcomed, by giving them awareness, we give space to being more of us. Thank you for being here with us and we will see you next time.